Hey-ho! In the Dome Podcast! Yeah, baby. Alright, you were at the game. Yeah, baby. How was the game here? I gotta... Actually, first question I have is... Because what I've noticed, games I've been to in the past, and I really noticed it when I was at the playoff games last year, is that, for some reason, the CBC feed, when it comes through the television... They like reduce the crowd noise. Oh, they totally do. And like you can't like so annoying. When I'm at the games, I'm like, holy fuck, that I was know. a good crowd. And I watch it. I go watch someone on TV after. I'm like, yeah, you can't even hear the crowd. No, the crowd was good. Well, I was in the not to be all hoity-toity, but I was in the lower bowl. I don't, how you, okay, how did you score those? Tickets? I don't sit there often, but we were there, and it's a it's it's a little quiet down there to be honest. I think second bowl is my second favorite. bowl is the best. Second bowl, you can see everything. There's enough energy. Like nosebleeds is kind of weird too. And nosebleeds is too quiet. Yeah, and because like, same need, with the lower bowl, need, it's like there's no noise. Yeah, you need the noise to be coming below you and above you. Like you can hear the go flames go chance start, and you kind of get into it. You're like go flames go, and like everyone around you is just sitting there. Oh yeah, I mean it's like. like you weren't in the president's section, though. No, no. But it is like a bunch of like rich people yeah. who don't cheer. Right. I don't know. It's kind of... A, I, I prefer the second bold. They honest. get up and cheer only when there's something to really get up and but cheer about. But the crowd was pretty good at okay, the game. Good, because so it didn't come across on TV, it was pretty good. And that's why I asked, because it didn't. It didn't come across yeah, very good I don't good think it ever does. I don't think it ever does. Everybody, was wearing, everybody was wearing red. Visually, you look nice. But the, the, audio. the guy beside me was wearing a green coat. I, I, I told him, I, was, I said, because I'm going to be, I've said this before, I'm going to be the Sea of Red Ranger this year. If I see you at a game, and you're not following some certain protocol that I totally made up as, as my own, I'm going to call you out. So what did you say to this bastard? I just said, why are you wearing green? And? Oh, it's my coat. I was like, I know, but it's the Flames game. Oh, well, it came just from work, so... Ah, it was no good. It's unacceptable. Are you telling me... Unacceptable. ...that you can't prepare your life five right? minutes in advance you enough... You can't throw a jersey in your car? fucking throw something red, even if you don't have a jersey. No, something red. Anyways. It's the sea of red, Michael. I know, it's ridiculous. Okay, yeah, because... that The reason why I asked is because... When we watched the Colorado game, it was very apparent that that place was lit. That place was going nuts, dude. What would you say was more lit based on what you heard on TV from Colorado and being yeah, it was in prob- the Dome? probably in Colorado. Yeah. The Dome was a little... Qu- well, again, it was loud, but it wasn't like crazy. Yeah, it wasn't as nutty. It's never it never really has been... It's, it's never that nutty, really, unless yeah. it's the playoffs. Well, it was nutty on those comeback games last year. Yeah. Colorado and Philadelphia. It takes a special kind of night to get real loud in the dome. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of an old... I don't know. Noise doesn't carry, you know? I kind of feel like it's got. It's good for noise, though. I don't know. It always seems It always seems way too quiet it, it to was, me. It was insane in the playoffs last year. Oh, yeah. It was nuts. But it still wasn't that nuts. Because, I mean, in the playoffs, we, had, we were in the nosebleeds because we couldn't get tickets yeah. anywhere else. And it sucked up there. The nosebleeds? Ah. Totally sucked. I just love the second. So we're bowl. going tomorrow. We're going tomorrow. We'll we'll, we'll have a good view because we're in the we're in the second bowl. Tomorrow, we're in the attack so. end twice. My favorite. All right. We're gonna they get to see good old Monty and Johnny light it up again. Okay. So here's what was so interesting because we got to see because I was on the I was on the attack zone only once. So I got a nice up and close look at the defense and the goaltending. My God, can this narrative of David Riddick not being a number one go away, please? Not that it, it's only been two games, but he was so good. He was so solid last night. It's been for, the it's been night. two seasons. I know, and I like people keep posting this, and I'm like starting to pick fights with people. It's like, what else do you need to see? Like, I'm, obviously, people don't watch or haven't watched the Flames play. 
It's true. And even if you don't, like, look at his stats. Like, he won 27 of 42 last year, 9-11 save percentage. Like, I don't know what this guy needs to do to prove to people that he's a number one goalie. Like, I mean, he played more games than Jordan Bennington last year for crying out loud. Like, well, I mean, this season is the season that he'll do it. Yeah, I, I think he will. I have, I again, people are like, oh, what about the goaltending? It's like, have you watched the San Jose games? Like, those guys need to be way more concerned than we do. If anything, it should be the reverse, where it's like, you got to assume they have good cold goaltending yeah. until he proves otherwise. Right? But right now, it's the other way around. I know. Everybody's assuming they have bad goaltending until they prove it otherwise. So it's, it's kind of annoying. And again, I know it's been two games. Okay, so let's quickly touch on how glorious it was to see Mike Smith. Oh, man. <laughs> Do okay. Mike Smith things. Obviously, I didn't watch much of the game because it was during the Flames game. And I'm not going to fucking watch the Ames and Oilers or Whoa. the Flames. But I was flipping back and forth during the commercials and whatnot. Um, and then I obviously went back and watched all the goals, and I sent them to you. He had two. He allowed two goals that by being way amazing. out of his net. Amazing. And then amazing. And then three other goals, five hole. Yeah, he had like literally all of them were exact Mike Smith goals, and it's so funny because okay, it was was kind of spoiled by James Neal scoring twice, but yeah. it was funny because all the Oilers fans afterwards were like, yeah, it was such a fun game. Oh, it doesn't matter that Smith let in five because we still won. It's like okay. Get used to it. You just wait. You just wait until Connor McDavid gets four points and you lose. Yeah. See how good you feel then. Start getting used to having to score five, six, seven goals a game when right? Mike Smith's in net. So. And you're telling me it's not going to be even more the case? Oh, they played L.A. With their defense? Oh, my God. Okay. And Larson's hurt. You played L.A. Like, I'm probably they will be last in... You beat Vancouver and L.A. L.A. could be last in the league. Literally, those are the... Th- those are the three worst and, teams in the Pacific as far Van- as my math. And Vancouver, if they play like that all year, oh man, then they will be in the bottom as well. So it's hilarious. It's honestly it's it's really hilarious. funny. And I even said this on Twitter. I'm like, it's almost more satisfying to see Edmonton <laughs> Oilers fans think they're actually good after being two of the worst Pacific Division teams because they're going to fall so hard. Well, they have a pretty easy schedule in October. They only play really. They only play Washington as the only team who they play is projected to make the playoffs. So I could see them like going on a bit of a like maybe like a six three and one type thing and being like, oh man, we're in shape now. But oh, that was so glorious. It was glorious to watch him do that. And you know what? It's it's really I. It's kind of stupid. I think he plays the puck like that out of defiance. I think he does it like because every single time the puck is anywhere near him, he goes out to it. Yeah. I think he does it like just to be a dick. Just because he's like, you don't think my puck handling is helpful? I'll show you. Yeah, it's like a... Like, he does it on purpose. It's like an overconfidence... Exactly. ...imbalance where he has to try and overcompensate... Totally. ...for what's truly there, which is a lack of confidence, because how many often times has he actually turned over? I mean, okay, let's be honest. He is in the top three goalies in the league for puck handling. Again, but, like, what does puck, what does his puck handling do? I saw somebody, Ken Wilson was like, he was uh, trying to figure... Asking some stats guys to figure out if there's anyone to model the impact of goaltender puck handling. Because I guarantee, like, just from what I watched over the last two years, like, what effect does the puck handling have on the game? I don't know if it has a positive effect. Because, like, remember last year, you heard from a few coaches saying they would would model their break-ins. They would use the dump and chase because they wanted Smith to play the puck. Yeah. They found that the most effective way to game possession of the puck. Just knowing that by sheer numbers alone, he's eventually going to turn it over. Exactly. And if he does, you have a really good chance of scoring on that turnover. So I don't think, again, he's a good puck handler. Does it help you 
play? Well, I don't know. I, I don't think so. I think within a certain extent it will. Sure. But when you go over the top, like you just said, he oh, does. Exactly. He overcompensates. He overdoes it. Yeah. Like every time the puck is even in the offensive zone, he's like going for it. <laughs> it's nuts. Yeah. So I think, you know, it's one thing to have puck handling abilities as a goaltender. Yeah. But then it's another thing to know when to execute. Right? That's the hockey sense part, right? Well, and that's why he's such a dipshit is because he just like, he does it, you know he does it purposefully. And then like you said, what was it, three, five hole? Oh yeah, three, all, every goal was like, I uh, we've seen that a billion times. Either he's not in the fan, net or... Or he's letting in a bad goal on his goal line on a goal that he, sh- on a shot that he should have stopped. Okay, do you have his numbers just from that one game alone? Do you just got the, the two games? Well, I had the two games because you posted it. I sent it to you and you posted it on Twitter. I don't have it in front of me. But, I mean, everybody, like, what was it? He's let in seven goals, right? Yeah. Five and two? Yeah, two games played. <laughs> He's let in seven goals. He His save percentage is 8-9-2. Yeah, sounds his, like Mike Smith. His goals against is 3.5. Right. I don't see that getting any lower, lower playing the K. I was saying this to you this morning. My favorite, honestly, my favorite thing about this whole situation is that right now Koskinen is the backup. Right? It's unbelievably amazing. Because when he comes out of the backup position to play, you think his confidence is going to suck ass? Sure is. And then you have Mike Smith as your other alternative. Oh, man. As a Flames fan cheering against Edmonton, I love this situation currently. It's so fun to cheer against Mike Smith. Like, yeah. how fun is it? No, it really is. I mean, it's just fantastic. Ultimately, we're not cheering against the guy himself. We're cheering against the Oilers. Yeah. Because, well, I don't know. Mike. Because the other, I guess you have a little personality. He, he ruined Iggy Knight for you, so it's always yeah, going to be. He's never going to be forgiven for that. Okay, but on the flip side of things, I don't like James Neal scoring two goals. Yeah. He's got two goals in two games. One was a game winner. Yeah. I mean, did we not expect that? Okay, but here's the thing. If he does score, he's going to... Both of his goals were exactly the same. They were those garbage right in front of the net power play goals. I don't know. And I think we... Like, I don't... When the Lucci trade first happened, I think... Like, remember? It was like, he's probably going get, to get 20 goals this year. Yeah. Right? So it's not like it's shocking to me. Well, he'll most likely get... What is it? He's got to score at least 10 more goals and then we get a third round draft pick? We get pick. a third and he has to score 10 is more Is it than next year third? Um, I th- yeah, I think so. Okay. It's 2021. Because right now it's looking like it's going to be 10 more. Yeah. But I think the 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 debate I hear from Flames fans, which, which I agree with, is that even if he scores goals and he's an effective guy for Edmonton, he wasn't going to be that guy for us anyways. No, no. So it's not like we really lost anything other than picking up the Milan Lucic contract. Yeah, so whatever we can... <laughs> It was a bummer to see James Neal score because it's just like the more Edmonton suffers, the better. But yeah. I, I honestly, I we expected that from the get-go is that the upside was going to be for the Oilers in this trade. We're not expecting Lucic to outscore Neal by any means. So Okay, and I don't know what Rudy's saying. All, all of the, the Oilers journalists and stuff are like, well, Kelly Rudy basically said on air that, you know, if you play the puck as much as Mike Smith does, oh. you're going to have, you know, nine or ten turnovers a year. That lead to goals, and two of them happened already. So you you know, it, it, two are already done with. Oh, so the quota it's already. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> well, what's funny to me just before we get into the game recap is like the Edmonton media is just like creaming themselves up. There. It's unbelievable. It's been two games. Well, and like you said, they're overjoyed with how exciting a six-five win was. Right. 
Little did they mention, they forgot to mention that it was against Los Angeles. Right? LA and Vancouver. Hello. Like, I think somebody like David Staples, who's a complete clown, he tweeted out, funnest game ever. Ken Holland is genius. Blah, 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 blah. He's turned this team into a speed, <laughs> like a speed and skill team. It's like, oh my God. Like, I think the media in Calgary is rough to talk, to, to listen to. At least they're not fucking delusional like the Oilers guys. Yeah. And I mean, okay, so Oilers this week, so they play the Islanders tomorrow in in Long Island. They play the Devils, and they play the Rangers, followed by Chicago. So they have a soft a, schedule. They're on a four-game road trip. But even even still, like, they're on the road. Um, and, and sure, they aren't the, the greatest teams, but they're not the worst teams either. So I think... We'll get a way better measurement of where this Edmonton Oilers team fits mm. in in this four-game road trip. Yeah. If they don't, if they don't at least split this road trip, mm-hmm. then okay. If anybody's accurate on on the Edmonton side of things, of like, okay, they're a better team, blah blah blah, they should at least win three of the next four games. <laughs> so we'll if they them. don't accomplish that, then I think we're looking at more realistic. We don't get to play until December, which drives me nuts. But. I don't know, like from what I watch from the Oilers, like it's literally like it's McDavid okay. and Drysidle, and it's like if those two, like again, McDavid had four points. Like, come back to me, Oilers fans, when McDavid puts up four points and you lose, yeah. you lose five four, then you'll know the value of Mike. They Smith. almost lost that game, right? Like again, like I, it's like you don't seem to understand how Mike Smith loses you games. Yeah. All right, you want to get okay. into the game? We promise, and I don't even know. Like, last year, we, we didn't talk about Edmonton at all. The only reason why we're talking about Edmonton so much now is because of the Mike Smith oh, yeah, and James Neal thing. And it's like... It's something to watch for. Every time the Oilers are playing, I want to know what's going on. Right? Like, I might have watched, you know, a couple Oilers games last year just to cheer against them. Now I'm like, I've got my yeah. eyes fucking glued I got, on them. I got to watch. Yeah. All right, so let's get into the game. Okay. So, what was your overall impression of the game? Number one, the top line was lights out again. They were so good. Lindholm scored. Monahan scored. Johnny scored. They were so good. What did Monahan? Johnny had three points. Johnny had three points. Monahan had two. Oh no, Monahan just had the. Goal. So Johnny has five points in two games. Monahan has, I think it's four. He got points. two goals. Monahan has four points in in two games, and Elias Lindholm has three points. So in two like games. they are the they are the t- and that's what I kind of noticed, and I know it's kind of it was good. But it's also kind of like nobody else was really effective in terms of the forwards. Like, the top line was excellent. Monaghan in particular, I know he touched on this last time. This is the best I've ever seen Monaghan look. Oh, 100%. He looked, he does, I don't know if he grew. He looks taller. He looks huge. Does he like, maybe he put some lifts in his maybe, skates? Maybe. I don't know, but he he's legitimately like, taller. He looked like a physical beast out there. And he's bigger. Like, I watched, I got, again, I got to watch him up close, like in the defensive zone twice on Saturday night. He looked excellent. Yeah. Like, he looked absolutely like a dominant number one center like in the he, NHL. Exactly. And I think that's the biggest difference is that even coming into this season, we're like, Monaghan, sure, he scores a fuck ton of goals. Yeah. But is he in the upper echelon where he's a first-line, top-line, dominant center? And he, now he looks like it. He looks so good. And again, me being like, oh, it's been two games up in Edmonton. I mean, we've seen two games here. Sean Monaghan. I've been the most, the flame I've been the most impressed by is Sean Monaghan. He has looked fantastic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the first line, come on. Okay, I was loving that Lindholm Selly. The little, like, one, like, the one fist pump, the slow, dude, dude, yep. that was sick. 
That was great. And then, and then he just let everybody converge around yeah. him. Fuck, that was great. Yeah, the, so the top line looks absolutely fantastic. Um, I and, like, like, I think we're going to see a similar situation. This is what we saw last year, was that Bill started with Lindholm on the on the top line, and they went on a fucking tear for, like, what, yeah, 35 like, games? How can you take him off there if they're so good? I have a feeling it's going to be the exact same thing this year. Yeah, me too. Is that there's... He's not even going to give Bill Peters an option or yeah. to tinker with the lineup. Again, like that's that's what happened last year because you're like, oh, I guess it's Lindholm until he falters. He was fucking excellent all year. Yeah. Um, a few other things. Obviously, how do you not talk about Dave Riddick? Like he again, he was so good. Yeah. He was he, absolutely great last. Or on, I keep saying last night, but I mean, like he was excellent. Like they had a, there was the five on three. They took a, they took six penalties, so that he was facing some tough shots and he was great. And, I mean, the Canucks pretty much dominated in the third, so he, he had to be sharp, and he was sharp. He made a few yeah. amazing saves, like reflective reflexive saves on uh, on tips. Yep. Boy, he was good. Did any did you hear any big save Dave Chance last No, last I was game? trying to get it going. Because there was a couple times when I was like, okay, that could start a chant easily. They even put it on the screen now. They put the big save Dave thing on there, and nobody was chanting. Huh, interesting. We gotta get that going, everybody. Yeah. If you're in the dome and you hear the chant, jump in. Get it going. Save Dave. Okay. Uh, two other guys. I, th- I thought Shillington and Rasmus were excellent. They were so good, and I, I, they, I thought they struggled against the Avalanche. Yeah. I thought they looked really good. Shillington especially made a few great breakouts, skated the puck from end to end, looked fantastic. Um, I thought Andrew Mangiapane looked good. I loved the look. Okay, well, let's touch on that because yeah. there was an in-game lineup change. So they started for a leak on the second line, and again, the second line was not impressing. No. I mean, Backlund wasn't as bad. For a leak, was probably a little bit better, but he still didn't look good. Yeah, he wasn't very good. But then Monge on the fourth, was it, he was on the third line. Well, he was playing on the fourth line, and he had a few really good chances. Um, he had a couple shots right. He had that one chance right in front. Yeah, um, he looked good. And I remember even watching it, I'm like, okay, it's not going to be long until he gets bumped up. Yeah. And I didn't even think it was going to be that game. But then, what was it, second period or third period? Yeah, it was in the second, I think. Uh, he looked so good on that second line. So Yeah, he did. They got Sam Bennett skating there today, which I don't mind. Yeah, I don't mind that. But I really did like Manji Panny there. Um, but yeah, we need to see more of that second line, yeah. I thought. Like, Kachuk didn't do much. Well, I don't think I don't think you can have Froelich on there, man. I oh, really you don't. absolutely can't, man. No. I think Bill tried it because that has worked so well in the past, and he's familiar with it. But yeah. it's like, two game, a game and a half, and Froelich has looked really bad there. So Yeah. So today's lineup, and he changes the lineup today in practice, which just has Bennett on the second line yep. in for a league spot, which I like. I like Monge there as well. The reason why I like Bennett there currently is I want to I want to see him get a chance. My biggest thing, we did a, a deep dive into Sam Bennett. If you go back and look through his career, he hasn't played with that great of players. Yeah. And so I really want to see what happens mm-hmm. when the guy, he's playing some of his best hockey we've seen, when he's playing good hockey and with yeah. decent players, well, he's got better than decent players, he's playing Backlund and Chuck. So now I think you're looking at, we play L.A. tomorrow. I think L.A. is a prime example of a team that Bennett should have some success against if he's playing on the second line. We'll touch on it in a moment. We're going to have the Chucky versus Doughty. Yeah. And if you throw Bennett on that line as well, it's a banger line. They should be able to produce. And I'm expecting them to have at least a goal or two tomorrow night. Well, you know what? I'm start. Okay. It's been two games only, but I haven't been particularly thrilled with how Backlund's looked. No. he. Well, he looked... I said this last podcast. 
In Colorado, it's the worst I've ever seen him look. He looked really bad. And I know he was just coming off an injury. His first game of the season, whatever. Guys are still... His timing was way off. And that's the difference. If your timing's way off, then it's just like, okay, well, he'll get that back. Yeah. So I'm not really concerned about Backlund, but yeah, go ahead. But what I'm starting to think, because the other thing I noticed, guys who struggled, that third line struggled hard. And in particular, a guy who never struggled, and I've seen him struggle two straight games, is Derek Ryan. Yeah. And he played a lot. So, like, I don't know. Maybe he can't handle being the full-time third-line center. And again, it's been two games. But, like, the two guys I've thought have struggled have been the second and the third-line center. So, I don't know. Maybe at some point you see a second line of something like Bennett, Kachuk, Mangiapane. Because it's just, I don't know. Watching the, watching the second line in the game against Colorado, what you saw was Kachuk creating some chances. Yep. And for a leak and Backlund were totally ineffective. Exactly. And nowhere near the net and not ever open and not getting to scoring areas. Yep. I think he kind of saw that again last, the, the other night on Saturday. You put a guy like Mange there, instantly there's a few more scoring chances. So I don't know. Like Maybe maybe as the season progresses, we see Backlund, slot, Backlund and Ryan slot down, and if Bennett can show or if you put Lindholm at center there, I don't know. I'm just I'm, I'm starting to see why we tried to go get Nazem Kadri. Exactly. Yeah. Because we don't <laughs> have enough depth down the center to be a dominant team. On paper, and I'm curious to I'm curious why Derek Ryan's been struggling because he I thought he was really bad against the Avs, and then that third line on Saturday night was the worst line on the ice: Bennett, Ryan, and Lucic. Yeah, so that well, was not great. It's it's honestly it's too early for me. Oh yeah, it's I, again, I, two games. It's just me noticing stuff. Yeah, the only thing if if something is off this early, I don't pay much mind to. Right, it. exactly. But if something is is mirroring trends we've already seen in the past, yeah. then I get concerned. For sure. Right? Because even someone's like, I posted that thing with Ritter versus Smith. Yeah. And someone's like, it's way too early. I'm like, well, it's, it's kind of really reflective of what we saw last yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. Go back to last year and it's probably about the same. It's, it's about the same. Yeah. So is it really too early if you're noticing a trend continuing from where it left yeah, off? exactly. Whereas on the other hand, if it's like if something's off, yeah. it's like, oh, we're not used to seeing that. Exactly. Then I don't, I'm not paying any mind yet. Totally. But I am stoked... This is honestly my favorite thing about Bill Peters is that three games in and he's already changing the lines. Right? Two games in, he was already Two changing the in. lines. So exactly. He doesn't mess around. That's why I have no, I have no, I have no concern. Exactly. Yeah. I'm never concerned. And you compare it. I'll say it before. We'll say it again. Compare it to Glenn Golson. Again, we're still suffering from PTSD from the Brower play. Stick Brower oh. on that top line. Stick Brower out in the dying minutes. So, yeah, I, I like seeing Bennett up there. Just, I don't know. I prefer Manji Penny, but I'm totally open to him. Well, now I think I like the way he's doing it because those two will now compete for that spot. Sorry? Bennett and Manji will now be competing for that second line right. spot. Well, and, and the other thing that I like is that not only is it, I, I like that Manji Penny has not just been put back on the fourth line, he's actually playing on the third line, and for Leaks, the guy on the fourth line. Exactly. So I'm totally okay with that. Like, I do not mind at all right, running a. Ryan Manjupani, third line, even though Ryan struggled, um, and putting Fro because Froelich's been probably yeah he and Lucic have probably been the two worst. And Manj and, and Ryan had good chemistry last oh, year yeah. with Hathaway. That fourth line was great. So and so maybe I'm totally okay with that. And maybe that's something I don't even know. Like if that is that something as a coach you you address to the line and say, look, Lucic, if anything, you're probably the most similar guy we're going to have to Hathaway. Yeah, speed won't. Your yeah, speed won't sure. be there, but as far as an effectiveness, that line last year was fucking solid. Well, I think, and you kind of heard, like, we got a glimpse of this kind of into Chris Snow, who was just hired as the third AGM. Yep. He's, like, the director of analytics. And one of the things he said 
Um, he had an interview on 960. One of the things he said he works on is is projecting player combinations. Oh, nice. So, yeah, so I think that's really interesting because I've always been like, oh, get Lucic off there. But I think there's probably a reasoning why they, again, Bill Peters is, is known for liking pairs. So I'm sure the Flames have kind of worked on this. Yeah. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's not just like throwing line throwing them in a blender. Like there's a strategy behind who does he's playing with who. Yeah. So um yeah, I'm curious to see that. I, I like the Ryan Manch combo for sure. Okay. What did you think of Brody last game? I thought Brody was okay. I think I can't remember what it was what it specifically, but he fucking pissed me off again. <laughs> I think it was a penalty. Did he take it in the penalty box? Did he take a dumbass penalty or something? I can't remember. Well, in the didn't in the in the first game he gave the puck away at the, for the empty net goal. Yeah, I remember that. He did take a didn't he take two penalties? He did something last game. I think it was a penalty. I feel like he had two and penalties. And it's like Brody, you're such an idiot. Yeah, he didn't have the best game. I'm just looking at his numbers right now. Like not great. So my next question is, how long is Bro? Are you going to see Brody on that top pairing for? And then my second question is, the longer I see that. The more I start to think, are they trying to trade this guy, and they're trying to up his value? I don't know. I mean, you look at a guy, you look at a team like Winnipeg. You telling me Winnipeg is not now willing to make hurt. now willing to make Holy a trade Christ. for a guy like Brody? Well, okay. So just before, who I noticed really struggled on the on the defensive end on Saturday, I thought Hannafin and Hamnick struggled hard. Five on five, they got hemmed in a shit ton. There was a few, yeah. There's a few shifts. I kind of saw both. Yeah. That's the both worlds. I saw them sometimes they were well yeah. did well and then sometimes they're like oh god. And I thought Hannafin struggled in particular and he did, he played a ton like those guys played I think they played more than Gio. I think Hannafin played the most out of anybody. Um but yeah, I thought they struggled. They got hit. there was a few shifts there where Vancouver hemmed them in hard 5 on 5. Um so I didn't I didn't I, I think they struggled, but now that I'm thinking about it, Brody wasn't great either. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I don't know, man. Like yeah, I don't know, man. The longer, because here's here's my take on it is that in the in the off season, and Tree Living did this the year prior as well, is that he took care of all of our weak points. So he let Smith go this year. He tried to trade for Brody and Jankowski. He traded Neil. Traded. He let Neil go, and then the year before he got rid of Brower. What else? And there was somebody else. I got rid of Stone. <laughs> so signed him again. What I what I've seen over the last two seasons is that is he if he identifies a, a weakness or a perceived weakness or and it's not only that is that he also sees what we see right if the majority of the fan base sees it a lot of times what's frustrating is either the coach or the GM they yeah. don't see it or care or whatever yeah but what we've seen the last two seasons is that Bradtree living is right on par with with what we're seeing. Well, he tried to trade for a leak as well, who's proven to starting to be like in a pretty. I don't know. It looks like he's on a decline because he's been a pretty effective player. But I mean, he had the Zucker trade that was involved for a leak. So yeah. So that's why I have this tendency. To, I don't know. Like the longer I see Brody on that top pairing, yeah. it leads me to believe that maybe they are going to shop him around. Maybe. I don't know. I'd be. And I know, like from a depth position on paper. Okay, on paper, I think we're better with Brody. Yeah. But. Every time I go to watch a fucking game, <laughs> God. Well, okay. I, I guess Hannafin is more the Brody f- for me because, like, I watched him make three or four glaring turnovers, or like he's—it's he's, just like he makes so many dumb plays. Like again, 
I was literally sitting there going like, okay, what's Hannafin doing here? Oh, he forgot how to play hockey. It's like, he just makes so many dumb giveaways. So I think the difference is where Hannafin might do it more often. Yeah. They're not as big and costly. Blatant maybe. But they're not as like blatant, like they don't lead to goals directly. Yeah. But or big scoring chances or whatever it is. Yeah. I think it's probably the biggest difference. So yeah, I thought seriously, I thought I thought Gio obviously was good. But I thought the bottom pairing was probably the best defensive pairing as a whole on Saturday. I keep saying last night on Saturday. Honestly, okay, outside of Gio, I think uh, Shillington was your next best D-man. Yeah, well, Rasmus played like 16 minutes. He was good. Shillington was skating like... Dude, he entered... He had some of those like zone... He led some rushes. He looked really good. He did, and he's getting his shots through. Yeah, I liked his game a lot. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe if Yusho's return is expedited... Well, it's going to be too early to tell now, but yeah. I, I do predict that we'll see him in January. Yeah. Maybe. That's only what? Uh, September, October, November, December. Yeah. But then who, who was it? Was it Eric Francis that said they're not going to try and... Yeah, they're not going to rush him because they know he's like the future. Well, there's no point in rushing him, but right? it's good to go. Yeah. Get him back. I mean, he showed he's good enough to play in the NHL last year, so get him back. Okay. The other things that I noticed that were bugging me, the power play still looked really rough. The PP1 was better. PP1 was better, but it's just, it's really frustrating. The PP2 was god PP2 was the worst thing I've ever seen. And it's still, they're still running, they're still, so today at practice, Power Play 2 is Lucic, Bennett, Ryan, Brody, Anderson. So okay, I, well, like, I like Bennett there. At least they got Bennett on there. They took, but why are they so hell-bent on TJ Brody there? Okay, where do you see it? So it's Lucci, and the, the thing that's even more better, annoying I see, okay. is that they're doing the 2D. Like, you're telling me Mangiapani... Or anybody else wouldn't be better in Brody's spot running the one three one. Like, come on! But here's what here's where I think maybe they're trying to trade this guy maybe. because like his stats. Because if anything, we've seen that both Tree Living and Bill Peters they know how to manage this team. So I don't know because they there's no there's no way Brody should be on the second power play. Like literally you put you'd put again, I don't like the 2D on the power play at all. It doesn't work nearly as well. But I mean, even if it is, like Hannafin's going to be better back there. He's a much he, he distributes the puck better. Well, not doesn't distribute it better, but in the offensive zone he does. He's a way more volume shooter. I don't know. It's just like you have way more options than TJ Brody on the power play back there, even if you are running the 2D thing. So, that really bugs me. But, I mean, power play 1 wasn't very good. Literally, unless Goudreau's carrying the puck into the zone, they're not entering the zone cleanly. Yeah, they struggled a bit last game for sure. I, I, I like how they're, they're, they flipped um, Goudreau and Lindholm to their off wings, but I haven't seen it pay off yet because they're still really struggling. Because remember last year you'd see that play where they would do like the Geo to Johnny and then Johnny would wait for the seam to open up to Lindholm and he's on his strong side and has the wrister. Yep. So they flipped that. But they haven't been able to complete any of those slot passes from, from Lindholm to Johnny or from Johnny to Lindholm. So I don't know. The power play is not looking great. They need to fix it, and they need to fix it fast because there seems that – I don't know if there's been a crackdown, but there seems to be a lot more calls, at least in the, there always usually is in the, in the first part of the season. But, I mean, they said it the other night. The Flames had the 18th-ranked power play last year. That's just unacceptable. Yeah. And can you imagine how good they'd be if their power play was even a little bit better? So they really need to get that figured out. Um, and I, even though Power Play 2 looks gross, I really want them... They need to get Power Play 1 figured out fast. Yeah. Do you have... Do they Are they tracking numbers yet? Do we know what their Power Play percentage yet is? Yeah, it hasn't been good. Have they They're, got a Power... They got two in the... Obviously, they got two in the first game. Yeah. But um, they, it wasn't It wasn't good at all last Okay, well, we'll start tracking Saturday that. Saturday night. Um, 
I don't know, would you say it's 15%? Well, what did they go? They it went looks two like they're... for something. So 25%. Well, that's pretty good. And again, it's two games, but I mean, just it's struggle. I've seen it struggle. And there's, there's, there's obvious room for improvement. Yeah, exactly. But there's room for improvement across the board. Oh, totally. So the other thing I thought... We allowed way too many shots. Exactly. And too many turnovers. Oh my God, the turnovers were disgusting. It was like totally unforced, similar to with, not to the extent in Colorado, but so many bad turnovers. And yeah, we really got dominated possession wise in the, in the third period, like absolutely dominated. Like Vancouver, 70, 72.73 was the Corsi four percentage. Like we only had six shot, att- six shot attempts for in the third period. Like what is going on there? I don't like that at all. So yep. get it, get it going. The one thing you loved about last year's team is that their third period third was always the best the period. Strongest. So again, it's early. We're making adjustments. Yeah. I think we're going to see all this stuff get cleaned up. Yeah, again, hopefully it's just like early season kind of yeah. like uh, things that will get cleaned up. Um, and then the other things I just had is notes that are like, eh. Jankowski, hello. Hey, Mark. Hey, Mark. It's hockey season. Did you know you have a heartbeat, bud? Like literally, like it's not that he was bad. But he wasn't good. It's just like literally you could plug in anybody there. Like Matt Stajan. Seriously. I'd rather have Matt Stajan. He did nothing. He did nothing bad. He did nothing good. He was completely unnoticeable. Which is just weird to me for a guy who's so big, a guy who's got so much skill. It's just to be completely invisible every single night, it seems. It's just really annoying. Yeah. And then, yeah, the other thing, I thought Lucic wasn't very good. He had back-to-back penalties. Okay, other than... Didn't do much for I think me. his his slowness was definitely more exposed last game. Possessionally speaking, I thought he was fine. Yeah, no, no big when, turnovers. When he had the pucks, I, mean, that's, I think that's going to be a saving grace. Hopefully. Is that he's actually pretty smart when he has the puck. There was one play. I think he was out there towards the tail end of a power play. He was out there with Gaudreau. Gaudreau oh, set him yeah. up in front and he flubbed it. Yeah. <laughs> that was annoying. And then those penalties, man. If yeah, he, you can't do that. Like, And that's been a problem for him in the past. He better fucking figure that shit out. Well, fast. see that to me the foot speed thing because they were both stick infractions. So like he can't be doing that. Yeah. His lack of foot speed cannot be affecting the game in that manner. So. Yeah. All right. So then things for next game just to improve. You got to. I, I want the power play to be better. I I have play man Japani on the second line, but I'm fine with Bennett there. They got to stop turning the puck over. Well, the the thing I love right now is that now you know it's an internal competition yeah, between totally. Mange and Bennett. Totally. I love it. Which is that to me is great. Yeah, I want to see Froley. I think, Froley, I think Froley, we know he's done. He's a fourth line guy now. Um, I'm not, I don't mind it. Me I either. We're, we're overpaying now. It's but, belongs. Yeah. Um, the other thing that was kind of annoying is like they weren't getting much sustained offensive zone time, I thought. No, like we saw last year. And it was reflected in the possession metrics, specifically in the third period. But I mean, like occasionally they, it was just too much one and done. Yeah. Which I don't know. They got to get going there. What I think was Manja's line that had a nice shift. Yeah, for sure. Every time Manja's out there, he looked good. Okay, before we fast forward to the Kings tomorrow night, let's take a quick look at Stockton. So they've played two games. Zagadulin has stopped, I think they said, 62 out of 64, 66 shots. He's been good. So Zag, Big Zag, Big Zag, Big Zag, Dag. What is it? (laughs) Big Snag. Big Snag, Zag. Big Snag, Zag has two wins. Um, so yeah, he's definitely got that starter position right now. Yeah, Phillips had a goal in both games. Uh, Looking good. Freeze. Freeze had a goal in both games. Yeah. Ronaldo had three assists. Yeah, he's he's a good buddy. Robinson's got a couple goals. Yellison scored. 
I think that's it, right? Yellison, Kirkland. Yeah. So two road games. But I really I like to see that from Matt Phillips. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I think um, that guy's a point per game player. So like maybe we could see. Him what about Dubé? Nothing. Uh, nothing. Nothing from the Dubster. The Dubster. The Dubster. Maybe he's just he's, salty that he hasn't made the team. He's plus one. He's got three shots on net. Yeah, I think like three guys were watching Rzichka, Dubé, and Phillips. Yeah, I'll, I'm keeping an eye on Godin too. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. But nice. And to then see obviously Zag. Zag doing. Nice to see Zag. Okay, nine, we got nine, the LA Kings tomorrow night. It's the Drew Doughty Matthew Kachuk showdown. Now, without the Drew Doughty Matthew Kachuk showdown, this is going to be. I don't know. We always seem to have pretty entertaining games against the Kings. They usually go to overtime. The Flames are, you know what? The Flames are a fun team to watch. Yeah, they really are. It, like it's every game is pretty good. Like since Bill Peters has shown up, like post Glenn Gallison, like yeah, boring as fuck. But because even in games when we lose, yeah, it's still enjoyable. It's still interesting all the yeah, way to the end. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, the Kings. I mean, they're coming off a loss at Edmonton. Whatever they put up five, which is kind of. I guess they were playing Mike Smith, so... And Edmonton. And Edmonton, so... And he gets in the other team, they're probably not putting up five. Yeah. All right, so you got Kopitar centering Brown and Iafolo. Kovalchuk, Kempe, Carter. Kovalchuk seemed to have some jump lot that last night. They probably have the worst two forward, top two forward lines in the league, though. Those are pretty gross. Wagner, I don't even know who that guy is. Lazote and Toffoli, Kyle Clifford, Amadio, and Trevor Lewis. And on defense... Doughty, Bornfoot, Martinez, Matt Roy. Who was the guy that annihilated Bennett? He's not in the lineup, eh? No, that was Forbert, I think. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and Ben Hutton and Sean Walker. And then Quick didn't look good at all. That sucked. He did not look good. I, I'm curious to see if they play Campbell tomorrow. It's not projected, but I'd be curious to see Campbell. So, yeah, we hopefully this is a game where we can iron out a few of our issues and still get the win because, I mean, Jesus. Well, I think... You know, it'll be similar to Vancouver. Yeah. Where even if they it's play. it's not they were they it was apparent they're not at their game right now. Vancouver is Well, you know what? It's apparent that like because I was just like, did you notice anybody on Vancouver? Pedersen Berlin? a couple times. Like Pedersen on the power play a couple times. I didn't see much from Besser. I didn't see anything from Furlan. JC Miller was meh. Yeah. Like they looked pretty meh. Like both games. Myers. Like, Myers, like he had that bad giveaway. Like, do you see any of the shenanigans with Myers and Geo? A little bit. The thing when you're at the game, you don't yeah, get to really follow the exactly. shenanigans. You kind of miss. You kind of miss a few things. But yeah, we saw the cross check for sure. Well, um, who was it? Lindholm. Lindholm's a beast. Eh? Lindholm is a f- god. That was awesome. Just Lindholm? like annihilates him on the boards on the penalty kill. Like, so yes, please. So what happened was Geo skating back to the bench. He just gave him like a little tiny a little, little tap, like a little not much. Let him know you're there, and then. Fucking Myers loses no, it. Myers Geo so dove bad. though. He's definitely embellished oh, that. Dude, he embellished for sure. And then I don't, I don't see why Hamnick got a penalty there. For yeah, that was dumb. I think they were just like, "Hey, Geo dove," but we didn't want really to give him a diving penalty, even it up. So yeah. Anyways, that was kind of funny. Yeah, it was awesome. But we'll see some. We should see some sparks tomorrow with Kachuk. So the best thing Jowdy. did you watch the after hours with Chucky? Yeah, yeah. That was one of the best interviews I've seen in a long time. I liked uh, David Riddick's interview. I didn't see that. Oh, yeah, they did Riddick before. Oh, Chuck really? Out. Yeah. Oh, shit, I missed that. Yeah. But Mac Chuck, should you show Drew Doughty respect? He's like, I showed Gio respect. He's a Norse winner. Yeah. Oh, that was awesome. Burn. I love Mac Chuck. Burn. He's my favorite. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. 
I don't know. Honestly, I don't know what to expect to see. Yeah, I don't know. Like, who knows? I don't know if Dowdy will be salty. It's early in the season, so that's always good because it's like, I feel like that's when that's when shits. That's when you're amped up. There's still the games are meaningful. Exactly. Still. It's not like you're not into the dog days of January, February yet. So my I don't qu- know, we could see something. So Riddick is confirmed yep. already. Riddick's playing. We don't know who's in net for LA, but um, what do you think we see as far as like is LA going to put up goals? Or is it that was just a lackluster defense slash? Dude, they got two freebies from Smith, and then probably there's at least two five hole goals that any other goalie would have stopped. So I think that's more Mike Smith Edmonton sucks at defense than an LA Kings offensive juggernaut all of a sudden. Yeah, so probably Max LA would have, should have had three goals. So it wasn't it wasn't the most inspiring offensive outburst. I've LA ever should seen. score more than three on us tomorrow night. That, oh, if, if, if the LA Kings score more than three goals, then we've obviously had some sort of defensive breakdown, I think, because, like, I'm just going to pull up the game report and see. Yeah, like, the Oilers, I don't know. It's, it was pretty even. The Kings dominated in the third, but it was pretty meh all around. Um, so who do we got coming up? Let's, what do we got our schedule? Because you're wondering when we're going to see Talbot. Well... Before the season started, um, I know the guys on the fan were saying it makes sense to play Talbot tomorrow night because when else are you going to see him? But you have to take it game by game, and there's no way. After, no way you're not playing Riddick after that. After a shutout, you're no way you're coming back with your backup. Yeah. And you want to see a guy get in a groove. You want to see him rolling. And I think the whole team needs to get in a groove right well, now. Well, see, there was another thing that I remember with Goldson that used to bug the shit out of me. Is he had his goalie schedule, and he wouldn't budge from it. Yeah, I know. It's like... Elliot would have a great game, and then, was that Hiller, I guess? Yeah. No. No. It was Johnson. Yeah. But Johnson was scheduled for the next team, so he'd be in. It was so frustrating. Yeah, that's stupid. So I would say you probably see, because you got the back-to-back on the 12th and 13th, Vegas-San Jose. Yeah, you, you see him in, in, you in probably San Jose. See him, you probably see him in one of those two spots. You'll see him in San Jose. Because yeah. right now, San Jose is the weaker team. They're getting their shit together. Dude, LA is rough. Or uh, Las Vegas. Vegas is looking phenomenal. They're lights out. You're in Vegas. Yeah, that's gonna be a tough game. That'd be a real tough game. So yeah, I say the thirteenth is when you see him, see Cam Talbot. All right, anything else? We're wrapping it up. We'll beat the game tomorrow. We'll beat the game. Game. Go Flames, go. Let's go, baby.